right, welcome back, everybody, to another uh, infrequent episode of the Green Room Podcast. Uh, took a couple of weeks off, uh, had some stuff going on. Michigan State was struggling, so we took a little hiatus, but we're back for the big game this week. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State at uh, Michigan Stadium, Saturday night under the lights. Wait, That'll be good. Wait, it's not – this isn't for Michigan State Grand Valley basketball? No, that was last week. That was last week. All right. Wise ass. All right, Matt Charbonneau from the Detroit News. He covers Michigan State. He's joining me, my regular co-host, when we have these regular in irregular podcasts. And we're joined special guests today, driving back from Ann Arbor. She's in a great mood today, Angelique Sengelis, Michigan beat writer. Angelique, how's it going? I'm always in a great mood, Tony. Always. I mean, you know, when I know that I'm going to be talking to Charbonneau, I'm in a great mood. <laughs> definitely, you've definitely perked up a hair since I hit the record button, but that's good. Good to know. Uh, big game this weekend, 7.30 Saturday night, under the lights, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, 7-0 Michigan, um, in position, prime position for another playoff spot, 3-4 and four Michigan State, both coming off a bye, 21.5-point line in favor of Michigan, which, by the way, is the same line as two years ago when Michigan State – Stunned Michigan. Um, in front of dozens of cardboard cutouts. Yes, uh, in front of the cutouts. Um, well, let's start with uh, we'll start with you, Matt, because uh, you're in a good mood. Um, sure. We're uh, tw- same same line, but two years ago was a weird year, and I don't think anybody was overly shocked shocked given the rivalry and and just a weird year. Well, this, this year. Yeah. This year, I, I don't feel it from Michigan State's standpoint. I haven't felt it. You know, even when they've been bad, sometimes you get a sense. Don't really have that going in. I think the matchups are just awful for Michigan State. What do you think? Well, I, I mean, that's a hot take, obviously. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think you're going to hear that a lot, probably. And, yeah, and that two years ago thing, that whole year was so bizarre. I don't think – I mean, whatever. Michigan State won, clearly, and they're not going to give it – back it's just it was i'm not sure we make a whole lot of uh judgments on anybody really from that year but you know it's it's still there for michigan players michigan coaches michigan fans to digest it and the the thing i find different here's the different feeling to me is an upset i don't know if you ever sense an upset coming that's why it's an upset so to me it just feels like for michigan I, i don't think michigan people will be happy if they just win by 10 you know, like it feels to me, and Angelique could probably speak to this. It feels to me like Michigan is on this mission to win by like 40 or 50 and just destroy Michigan State um, just because of the way the last couple of, you know, you, you you make the playoffs last year, but you're always still kind of like, eh, we did still lose to Michigan State. So I, th- that's the only interesting thing to me. I mean, can Michigan, I mean, sure they can, sure you can pull off an upset. But you're right. I mean, the the matchups are not good. They're not good for Michigan State in a lot of weeks, unfortunately. Um, It it doesn't add up to one of those feelings of an upset. But, you know, I'm not sure I saw it coming two years ago. I certainly didn't see it coming some other years. So, um, I don't know. I just – you never know, I guess, is what we're going to say. So, we'll we'll go with that. But it doesn't feel great for Michigan State. Angelique, what about you? What What are they saying down in Ann Arbor? Um, you know, Jim Harbaugh got the monkey off his back with Ohio State last year to get to the Big Ten Championship, make the playoff. Um, how much do you think is on his mind to to kind of, you know, 
get it off his back. You know, he's 0-2 against Mel Tucker. Michigan State has dominated the series for quite a while now, since 2008. Um, what are they saying down there? I would agree with, with Matt. I think that there's a sense among Michigan fans um, and probably people around the program that they would like to bludgeon Michigan State if possible. Uh, Saturday night. I, I think that there's a lot of anger over these last two games, um, particularly last year. And uh, that was the lone blemish on that on that schedule of theirs. And, you know, I think that that that's also part of it is Harbaugh is 0-2 against Mel Tucker. And uh, I think that there is a sense of um, I, I get the sense of terrific confidence among the players and uh, Blake Corum Tuesday night after practice was saying that, you know, there is a fine line between confidence and overconfidence. And he doesn't think that they are, they're like just going to strut into that game on Saturday night because they know better. Uh, but I do think the other thing, and I, I made a lot of note, note of this last year going into the season at big 10 media days, I had never heard Harbaugh or the players talk so openly about, about needing to beat Ohio State and Ohio State this and Ohio State that. And, and they did, you know, kind of casually mention Michigan State. But this year they made a point of saying Michigan State first. They've got these four goals and the first is beating Michigan State. So, you know, they, they understand the importance of it. I think that there is some misperception, misconception out there that Michigan doesn't care about the rivalry with Michigan State. And, and that's not true. Uh, do they put more into Ohio State yeah I mean that's obvious with their beat Ohio drills and all that but um, but this is this is definitely a they've circled this one and they've been thinking about it since last year and and I do agree with with Matt that they if they can if they can pound this team Saturday night they they will try to yeah um, interestingly like we we talked about earlier the line is 21 and a half which is uh, the same as it was two years ago however the line did start at 22 it did quickly tick down um so there are a lot of people there's a lot of money believing that because the rivalry game it might not be the big blowout that michigan may want Um, the money line of course which you picked the the straight winner started at michigan's plus or michigan state plus 1200 which is 12 to 1 that actually also went down to plus 1,000, mm-hmm. um, which I think is lighting money on fire. Honest to God, I, I really do. Um, I just, the only thing, Angelique, and we've talked about this this year, the only thing I think plays into Michigan State's favor, and it's only a guess because we haven't, there's J.J. McCarthy, haven't really seen um, the reins, or the, you know, the kid gloves kind of come off from the passing game to a certain extent. If they were going to do that, if they were going to kind of remove the kid gloves a little bit with Michigan State's horrific secondary, you would think this would be the week to do it. You would think, Tony, but there have been a couple other games where I'm like, okay, their pass defense isn't very good. This is going to be when they then they really throw the ball out. You're going to see J.J.'s arm, and then you haven't. And, and you know, the last game against Penn State, um, they rushed for over 400 yards, and, and so they <laughs> – that's where they're making their strides with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards in that run game. And, and obviously having that added wrinkle with JJ McCarthy and his threat as a, as a guy who's, who can move, who is mobile. Um, but I agree. I mean, you know, last year you saw Cade McNamara throw for a ton of yards against Michigan state. You saw Andrell Anthony's coming out party. And, and a lot of people wondered where Andrell is. I mean, you see him on the field blocking, 
You haven't really seen him making big plays. You haven't you've seen some big plays in the in the past game, but not that much. And you would think that something under the lights you'd see JJ kind of unleashed. But you know their game plan has been <laughs> they've been running the ball a lot. They've been running it successfully. Yeah. Um, even though I've seen matchups where I, I do think that that throwing the ball uh, against the defense would have been the right move, and they really haven't. But they did throw the ball. He had over 300 yards um, against Indiana, so I mean he's he's got he's got that a little bit as a as something to prepare him for this game. But you know we'll see, Tony. But I, I agree that's something you would think you'll see. Well, I think you'd have to see it before they play Ohio State. I, I think that yeah. uh, I think it's going to be critical uh, that he uh, can you know has that under his belt a little bit before they get into that game. Back to Michigan State's defense, which again past defense last in the country last year and somehow looks worse, or at least did look worse. Matt, um, they did beat Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin, you know, not a great team, um, but were there any signs of any improvement? I mean, you have the personnel that you have. Uh, the numbers were obviously better, but was that just based on the opponent, or were there improvements? I think it is kind. Of, it, it's kind of striking to me that the, the the assumption, and not just you, not just right now. This is the assumption all the time: is that this is a god awful mess. There's literally nothing that can change. It, and like last, the Wisconsin game is getting brushed off as if it doesn't matter. Wisconsin's having a bad year, and they are. But if anyone watched that game, you did see a defense play far better. You saw two of the most important players of that defense were back um, in Xavier Henderson and Jacob Slade. For the first time all year, they had all of their defensive tackles healthy in one game, which you haven't seen. They actually had pressure on the quarterback without blitzing. You had Jacoby Winman playing linebacker, which is where he's supposed to play. There were signs that things are turning around. Now, is that going to make them suddenly be able to cover receivers better? Probably not. I mean, you might not see as many blown coverages as they've had before because you get a guy like Henderson back there. The, the interesting thing is you bring up J.J. McCarthy, and I feel like if if he doesn't show it in this game, then I don't know about him because there's the only way Michigan State has a prayer, any prayer, is if it can somehow even remotely limit the rushing attack right. and say, J.J. McCarthy, you beat us. Now, that's easy to say because Michigan's running game is so good that they might still run for, you know, 300 yards. Um, but if Michigan State can – it sounds funny to say limit Michigan to like 200 yards rushing because that's still a really good – I was, gonna, I was actually going to say 250. <laughs> yeah, two, right, and I said that earlier today talking to somebody else, 200, 250. You feel like they're in a position to say, okay, Michigan beat us through the air. And now look, there's from what we've seen, there's a pretty good chance they can do that too. Um, but it's the to me, it's that that one question out there. You're still not really sure. Is that can that happen? If Michigan State is going to pull off an upset, that's the only way to me. But I I will say that there are signs that this defense has been getting better. They're getting healthier. Um, so you haven't seen the mistakes that we saw early in the season. Um, again, is that going to magically translate into something crazy this Saturday? Probably not. But to me, it, it at least puts you in a position of those people that are betting, that we're betting on 22 and a half, feeling like this is at least at least not going to be some crazy 30, 40 point win uh, for Michigan. And maybe in the second half, it's still competitive. So um, there, there are some good signs, but, you know, I, I, I get the pessimism. 
Um, I'm just trying to, you know, you're trying to find some shred of where this thing won't get get out of hand. I mean, all the matchups tell you otherwise, but you know, there, there's at least some positive thoughts for Michigan State coming out of that Wisconsin game because up to that point, I mean, there just simply weren't any. You lose four in a row the way they'd lost, so um, there's at least. Well, they lost four. Yeah, they lost four in a row, and they and 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 most or if not all of those games, it was just so quickly that it was almost over, you know, in those games and because they played some, you know, pretty dynamic teams. And this is as dynamic as of a team as they're probably going to play uh, outside of Ohio State this year. Um, and so, you know, it could get out of hand early. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. They're both coming off a bye week, which um, is probably uh, – it, it's, it's good for both. But I got to believe that, it, you know, for Michigan State getting a little bit healthier, probably, you know, they need to get a little bit healthier if they're going to have a prayer for this game. Um, what is the situation health-wise with Michigan State? First with you, Matt, and then with Michigan and Angelique. Yeah, I mean, obviously getting getting Slade and Henderson back was big and another, you know, the bye week, especially for a guy like Henderson because he's kind of just dragging his leg around out there. Um, but you could see guys like Jeff Petrowski back at defensive end. That, that could help significantly. Obviously, we're not going to – Get any real information on that from Mel Tucker, uh, you know, before kickoff. Um, and the other thing, too, is I think you look on the other side of the ball is that Jaden Reed two weeks ago was for the first time looked like looked like Jaden Reed to me, you know, and, and that injury he had early in the year was just it kind of was it was affecting him. I don't think he was himself for a few weeks there, um, you know, so it, it, you, you need him to be at his best, obviously, uh, because Michigan State's running game has been mediocre to poor most weeks, um, which makes it a lot tougher on him and Peyton Thorne. But, um, you know, get, getting Slade and Anderson back last week was important, but I think Petrowski might be back. Uh, maybe some guys depth-wise in the secondary, maybe a guy like Marquis Lowry might be back because you're probably going to need multiple guys back there. So Kendall Brooks perhaps at safety. So what we'll see about some of those guys, but those two guys last Wisconsin two weeks ago were the key to get back. So uh, health-wise, they're doing probably as well as they have in, in quite a while. And Angelique, what's the situation over there? Yeah, I mean, Tony, I mean, the guys that have been out are out. I mean, mm. I don't, there's nobody that, that they've been waiting for to get back. Eric Alls, the tight end's not, he's done for the season. Um, Tate McNamara, don't know his availability. I, I can't imagine he's going to be available on Saturday as a, as a backup to JJ. I, I mean, they're, they're pretty healthy overall. I mean, they, they've lost guys here and there and Trendy Jones has been out at right tackle, but they've got Carson Barnhart who is always sort of their one, a one B at right tackle and, and sort of Mr. Versatile on the offensive line. So they're, they're pretty well set on the offensive line and injury wise. Uh, there's nothing new that, uh, that I'm aware of in, in terms of Michigan's uh, health status. What about just off topic really quick? What about with Mike Hart? How's he doing um, coming off uh, his medical scare a few week, a couple weeks ago? He's doing really well. I mean, he was back to, you know, by Wednesday uh, in person coaching. And, you know, I think you, you could see on that sideline in Indiana how much he means to Donovan Edwards and Blake Forum. And, and I do wonder a little bit if, if that's what sparked them, even because uh, you know, he was back on the sideline against Penn State. If that sparked them um, having the performances they did, uh, he is he is a very important piece of this uh, the, this coaching staff, and and he is the run game coordinator, and uh, he has added a lot, and, and his health is good. So um, you know, 
Mike Hart. How, how can you not talk about Michigan, Michigan State, and not, and uh, not, and avoid mentioning Mike Hart? So there you go. Did he have a role in this somewhere? I don't know. Or what are you talking about? <laughs> what was that? Was that 2007? Is that what it was? Seven. Yeah. 2007. Of course, Mike, Mike Hart called Michigan State little brother. Was early in D'Antonio's tenure. D'Antonio got pissed. D'Antonio said pride comes before the fall. And, well, we all know what happened since. Michigan State has certainly dominated the series um, in good years and bad, um, have dominated the series for the since that day, I'm sure. Mike Hart has, I mean, he's a grown man now. I'm sure he probably, uh, I know he's got a great personality and wasn't afraid to speak his mind, but I'm sure uh, all these years later probably regrets that, huh? Well, I wrote that story was seven years ago when he was on Western Michigan staff and he was basically apologizing for it and, and saying it was really stupid. He was 22. He shouldn't have said it. Um, you know, that he had great respect for Mark D'Antonio and, and they had talked at, at some point on the recruiting trail. So, um, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, you are, you do put yourself back at those that in that age 22. And I'm sure you and Matt never said anything you shouldn't have said nope. or that maybe you regret. But you did um, last week. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, ne- never. <laughs> hey, so my question is so Mike Hart has certainly you know, learned and he's like grown up. When is someone going to tell like Taylor Lewan and Braylon Edwards? Yeah. These alleged grown men. Um, I, 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 I don't get it. It's, it's remarkable to me. It's almost like, it's almost like the Michigan current players and staff and everything can, can do everything right. Say exactly the right things. And all their former players are going to screw it up for them. It's well, it's like, that's like, too. I mean, I can't think of others, but yeah, I mean, they, I agree. It's silly. It's, it's this, you know, this banter that I'm not even sure what, why is it worth the uh, listening to it? Cause it's just silly. And I mean, they, they're both so far removed from, from their playing days at Michigan. I'm not sure what it adds. Do they really think they're firing up anybody? I guess, I guess you're firing up Michigan state. I mean, I, I can imagine. tell you, yeah, they're firing up one team. I, you, it, it's only two guys right now or Rich Eisen or whoever. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't think about those guys. Right, and we can sit there and go, nonsense. I tell you, one place it'll get amplified all week long is that MSU locker room. Yeah, and you know, know, for you, we can call it like it doesn't matter or whatever. (laughs) It matters. Well, Rich Eisen, Rich Eisen, you know, has a TV show. Braylon Edwards has his media thing, and you know. What, you know, a lot of media people do. They they speak loud and, and uh, want to get attention, and it is what it is. I, you know, it's funny because, you know, Mike Hart, I'm sure, regrets it because of what happened. I mean, if Michigan went out and won 11 in the next 14 games, I'm sure Mike Hart probably wouldn't be that upset about what he said in 2007. But I'm sure Mark D'Antonio, he, you know, he, he, he was pissed after the game, I'm sure. But I'm sure he loved that Mike Hart said that. I think. Oh, it, yeah. I, I think it absolutely. Well, that's different, though. You know, that's your coach. I mean, your coach having your players back. I right, mean, that's right. how I look at. No, it. No, no, I agree. But I, I, I think that you know, Mark D'Antonio definitely. I, I, I think you know, he wasn't upset that Mike Hart said it in as no, upset as he made not. it sound because it was definite fuel for the fire at a time when he wanted to sell the program and you know fire up his fire up his program. But Mike Hart was. Shortly after the Indiana game, he was back on the recruiting trail. Saw pictures of him at a local high school, uh, checking out players. Uh, speaking of recruits, uh, Angelique, Matt, I mean, this is a huge game for recruiting-wise, too. I'm sure there's going to be many people at this game that uh, are, are are on the uh, target list for both schools. 
Angelique? Yeah, I think Bryce Underwood is one of the guys who tweeted yesterday or this morning that, and he had a, his backdrop was Michigan, Michigan State. He'll be there. I, I know there's about, I think, 20, 25 people I, I saw listed coming to, um, as Michigan visitors, um, a couple running backs. I mean, I, you know, over 23, 24, maybe. I think the, the, those were the two um, classes that are coming in. And obviously the, the few commits already to Michigan, like Cole Cabana, will be there. And that's who, who Mike Hart was uh, visiting uh, the day before the Penn State game, um, who's already a verbal to Michigan. So, yeah, this is going to be – I mean, I just, I just left Ann Arbor, and I've never seen tents set up on the track before. I, I, I've got to believe that's for the game. Um it's it's you know night games are, are always big stages for for both teams so I imagine both guidelines will um or both teams will be entertaining a lot of recruits. Right. Well, I don't know if you. I mean, Michigan State isn't going to have recruits at Michigan. Oh, that's but, true. But I'm, I'm just gonna... but it's going to be a big game for recruiting for both teams. Well, obviously, yeah, I mean... and that and that's where we come back to. Michigan State, you know, I'm not saying they, ha- you know, they don't have to go out and win this game, but they, you know, they're already in a little bit of precarious position. It's been a rough season. If they go out and get their doors blown off by Michigan, that's not going to be good. And it's, you know, it's, in what it's, sense? It's I mean, not going to be good. Yeah, I, th- no, no, eighteen or seventeen year old is thinking of committing to Michigan State is going to want to see them lose by forty points. Well, they're not, but I don't also don't think don't believe if they go lose by forty points, suddenly a bunch of kids are going to be like, I'm out. Yeah. I don't think it could happen I mean, instantly, but I think you know there could be a trickle down effect if this is one of the low points of your season. Well, fine, but I mean, I, I just I, I don't know. I think sometimes too much stock is put into you know a result here, a result there about whether a kid decides to go to this this school. I mean, it's it's funny. I, I go the flip side. Everyone says, "Well, you won eleven Michigan State. You won eleven games last year. That's why you got all these recruits." Is, it was the narrative out there. Well, the fact is the bulk of that class was committed before the season started. So a lot of these guys, I and I've talked to some recruiting people, like most of these guys have their, you know, where they're going to go before. Yeah, are there going to be some guys here and there that say something swayed them like that? Probably, yeah. I mean, it'd be naive not to think it happens to somebody, but I still believe the bulk of these guys, and it's not just Michigan State or Michigan, the bulk of these guys have where they want to go in a result on one Saturday or a couple of, oh, they struggled this year. I'm not going to go there now. I, I don't think that's as big of a thing as maybe some people make it out to be. I don't know if Angelique thinks that or not, but that's, that's kind of the feeling I've gotten from recruiting people. It doesn't sway it as much as we might think it does. I mean, there might be one player or two players. I don't know. But I mean, like as far as Michigan's recruiting, there seems to be a lot of angst among the, uh, the Michigan fans because this class, you know, oh, they're coming off of a Big Ten championship and and going to a playoff. Why aren't aren't recruits just clamoring? You know, and and it hasn't been. It's been fine, but it's not been what they expected. And and part of that is is maybe Jim Harbaugh's flirtation with the NFL. No, that's not a maybe. He did, but whether that uh, affected how some recruits were thinking about Michigan. And, you know, I mean, Matt had had that, that rather large, very good NIL uh, package in the paper in the Detroit News, uh, what, a week ago. And, you know, NIL plays a, a big role now in recruiting, too. And, you know, some of these, these four or five star recruits are, are looking at, well, where are they going to make this money? You know, how <laughs> who's going to offer what? So I think that there's all sorts of angst at, at Michigan because you know they don't the fans don't think Michigan's doing enough in terms of NIL. 
And then our recruits sort of wary now. You know, you know what Jim Harbaugh said after he uh, after he came back from that Vikings interview last year. But you know, is could it happen again? Even though he said he's here for good, uh, that still plays on, on recruits' minds, I'm sure. So, but in terms of of a blowout. Uh, I mean, if Michigan loses, I can't imagine you're going to see guys dropping off their recruiting lists. I mean, you know, their commitment lists uh, or people interested in Michigan. And, and I think the same is true for, for Michigan State, as Matt said. The other right. interesting thing, too, is when you are a team like Michigan State that's struggling and you have clear holes, especially on the defensive mm-hmm. side, that's also a motivation for guys to say, I can, I, I can go there and play soon. You know, they're not they're not thinking red shirt or, or whatever. So. You know, that could play some role into it, too, that they've got however many four-star higher guys they have right now. So I just think there's a lot that goes into it that's not just simply the result on the field. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, there's going to be some guys that are both recruiting. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just saying the optics of it. I, I You know, that's all. And, and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, um, yeah, we'll see. You guys know more about the ins and outs of recruiting than I do and care a lot more than I do, so. Oh, we care a lot. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> All right. Well, really quickly, we're going to wrap this up shortly. I know you guys have a, t- a Detroit News TV show to go uh, hop on and uh, to break down this game even further. But really quickly, I'll start with you, Matt. What – specifically, what can Michigan State do? What do they have to do if they're going to win this game? Well, they ha- as, as I mentioned before, they have to find a way – to limit Michigan State on the ground, or Michigan State, Michigan on the ground. And it's easy to say, but it has to happen. If, if Michigan's able to run the ball at will like they did last week or two weeks ago against Penn State, then they've got no chance. I mean, no chance. I mean, no, we all focus on their, their past defense, and it hasn't been good. Um, but if Michigan's running at will, then they're going to be able to do anything they want. So if Michigan State has any hope, they got to hope that the, that defensive line – it's as healthy as it's been. It was two weeks ago that it continues to get healthy, that they're able to limit that rushing game to a certain extent, get a turnover or two here and there, and sustain some drives. I mean, that's got to happen too. You can play well defensively, but if you're going three and out, it's not going to matter either. So in other words, that's a lot of things that have to go well for Michigan State. They need to play clearly their best game of the year and get a couple breaks, get a bounce here and there, a tipped pass they intercept, something like that, and keep that thing close into the second, mid-second half, into the fourth quarter, and feel like you got a shot. Then maybe something happens. But if if, if they can't at least limit the running game at all and they get behind early, it's it's hard to see uh, it going the Michigan State's way. So Right. That, yeah, no, I, I would agree with you that Michigan State has to play its best game. I don't believe Michigan has to play their best game. I don't think any of us believe that Michigan necessarily has to play their best game. But, Angelique, I'm going to tweak the question for you a little bit. What can't Michigan do in this game if they're going to avoid an upset? An upset, by the way, that could be one of the biggest in the series history. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I would – and it really was the point I was going to make um, – regardless of, of how you tweak the question, Tony, is, is one thing that that seems to be getting overlooked is that Michigan has had some red zone issues. I mean, that, that first half against Penn State, uh, they, they really blew it three times. They came away with field goals. And, but, I mean, it was something that was, uh, that was an issue last year going, I think, through the Nebraska game last year. And, you know, they've got to shore that up. And they've got to come away with touchdowns. And I, I don't care – 
Uh, you know, if Michigan State has struggled, whatever, you just can't let them. If you're Michigan, you can't let Michigan State feel like it's in the game. And, and I think that that would be one of those small victories for the defense, the Michigan State defense, if they can hold Michigan to field goals in the red zone. Um, you know, I think the uh, I, I really think obviously J.J. has has been tested and he's had a couple turnovers this season. Uh, he's got to be really he's got to he's got to play his best game. He cannot he cannot afford a turnover. Um, I think they feel pretty confident going into this game against this defense because they they felt like they played well against Iowa's defense and that was their big test uh, up to this point. But um, but I, I think that's it. I, I I just think they can't mess around in the red zone and, and they've got to uh, when they're there. I'm not going to say they're there all the time, but when they're in the red zone, don't you, you don't want to see Jake Moody coming out to kick a field goal. The interesting right. thing too is one spot Michigan State's defense has been okay. Has been mm-hmm. in the red you're zone. right. You're right. Um, but the other thing, too, real quick, is if it does happen to be close, Michigan has a massive advantage in the yeah. kicking game. I mean, Michigan State's <laughs> kicking game. I don't. I don't. Even well, they have a they, they have would, a kicker. So I don't know who's starting would, point. Yeah. I don't know who's going to kick for them. So there's that too. Is if you're not uh, pessimistic enough on the Michigan State side. Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. This is you know you you mentioned the red zone, Angelique, and if you know talking to people this week, talking to odds makers, talking a lot of them about Michigan and Ohio state has a huge difference between Michigan and Ohio state is red zone offense. Ohio state's although, down there. Although Ohio state's down there. a little bit last week. They did. A but before, bit. before then, I think yes. they were like yes. 99% or 95% or whatever, turning those into touchdowns. So that's going to be something. And that is huge in a game like this where you just, if Michigan does sell for field goals, that's going to, you know, give Michigan state a, a belief. And when you have belief in a rivalry game, you give a team right. hope. You just I absolutely. You know, I mean, you Michigan State had no hope in 2015. You know, with the you know, and won the game in the final seconds of the most bizarre thing ever. So you give a team hope, and anything can happen. I don't feel it, but you know, it is a rivalry, and we'll see what happens. Um, so big week. You can check out all of Matt's and Angelique's coverage at DetroitNews.com. I think Wojo has one of his hilarious picks columns coming out. You can check that out. They're so funny. Just ask him. Um, <laughs> Neil will chime in. These guys are going to be recording a TV show shortly. They'll have picks really quickly. Before I let you go, prediction, Matt, and then Angelique. I don't think Michigan State can win. I take that back. I don't think Michigan State will win, uh, but I do – I, I I do see them keeping it with – I don't think Michigan covers. So I'm going to say Michigan's going to win this something like, uh, let's say, 38 to 20. Okay. Angelique? Yeah, I mean, I can't remember what I picked. In the, I've got to go back and look at it because I actually – I think I'm going to tweak I that. But I, I don't think there will be many people cross-referencing the podcast with the paper, so feel free to yeah, don't, switch it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to, I think, um, tweak that score that I have. But I I, I agree with, with Matt. I think Michigan um, – I, I don't think they cover. I think Michigan wins, and um, the weather's going to be good, it looks like, so there's not going to be a rain issue. And there's um, not going to be any excuses. <laughs> Exactly. Oh boy, here we go. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure yet on the score. I've, I've really got to think about this because I, I well, you got, be a you got 10 closer. seconds to think about it. So come on, let's go. I mean, I think I had something like 28, uh, 17, something like that. And I'm not only sure. only going to play two quarters. 
<laughs> I know. I, I, Dude, this I, isn't Ohio hearing... State they're playing. This is I know. And I know. And I know that uh, it probably will be higher score. And that's why I want to go back and tweak that. Is that okay? All right. Fine. 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 <laughs> well, we'll all be there on Saturday. Okay. Really, I guess my prediction. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go away against you guys. I think Michigan. Michigan will cover, and I'm gonna go. I'm. I'm gonna go 49 to. 14. How about that? I think it's going to be, okay. I just don't feel good about this one for Michigan state. I think it could get ugly in a hurry, just like some of their other games have. And this is a really good opponent. So um, I've got to go. I Bye. think it could be bloodbath, but that's Angelique. Yeah. You can follow her on Twitter at Chingelas. You can follow Matt on Twitter, Matt Charbonneau. And uh, you follow me on Twitter, Tony Paul 1984. We will be, all of us will be at the game on Saturday, seven 30 under the lights, Michigan stadium. And, uh, yeah, that'll do it for the Green Room Podcast. We'll catch you next week. Follow all of the coverage all week long and Saturday night, all the postgame coverage at DetroitNews.com. Matt, Angelique's already left us. I guess uh, see you later. All right. See ya. See ya.